Section 22 of The Red and the Black, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The Red and the Black, Volume 2, by Stendhal. Translated by Horace B. Samuel. Chapter 52. The Discussion the republic for one man today who will sacrifice everything for the public welfare there are thousands and millions who think of nothing except their enjoyments and their vanity one is requested in paris by reason of the qualities not of one's self but of one's carriage napoleon memorial the footman rushed in saying monsieur the duke de hold your tongue you are just a fool said the duke as he entered he spoke these words so well and with so much majesty that julian could not help thinking this great person's accomplishments were limited to the science of snubbing a lackey julian raised his eyes and immediately lowered them he had so fully appreciated the significance of the new arrival that he feared that his look might be an indiscretion the duke was a man of fifty dressed like a dandy and with a jerky walk he had a narrow head with a large nose and a face that jutted forward it would have been difficult to have looked at the same time more insignificant his arrival was a signal for the opening of the meeting julian was sharply interrupted in his physiognomical observations by de la mole's voice i present you monsieur de abbe sorel said the marquis he is gifted with an astonishing memory it is scarcely an hour ago since i spoke to him of the mission by which he might be honoured and he had learned the first page of the quotidien by heart in order to give proof of his memory ah foreign news of that poor n said the master of the house he took up the paper eagerly and looked at julian in a manner rendered humorous by its own self-importance speak monsieur he said to him the silence was profound all eyes were fixed in julian he recited so well that the duke said at the end of twenty lines that is enough the little man who looked like a boar sat down he was the president for he had scarcely taken his place before he showed julian a card table and signed to him to bring it near him julian established himself at it with writing materials he counted twelve persons seated round the green tablecloth. Monsieur Sorel, said the Duke, retire into next room. You will be called. The master of the house began to look very anxious. The shutters are not shut, he said to his neighbour in a semi-whisper. It is no good looking out of the window, he stupidly cried to Julian. So here I am, more or less mixed up in a conspiracy, thought the latter. Fortunately, it is not one of those which lead to the Place de Rêve. Even though there were danger, I owe this, and even more, to the Marquis, and should be glad to be given the chance of making up for all the sorrow which my madness may one day occasion him. While thinking of his own madness and his own unhappiness, he regarded the place where he was in such a way as to imprint it upon his memory forever. He then remembered for the first time that he had never heard the lackey tell the name of the street 
and that the marquis had taken a fiacre which he never did in the ordinary way julian was left to his own reflections for a long time he was in a salon upholstered in red velvet with large pieces of gold lace a large ivory crucifix was on the console table and a gilt-edged magnificently bound copy of monsieur de mestre's book the pope was on the mantelpiece julian opened it so as not to appear to be eavesdropping from time to time they talked loudly in the next room at last the door was opened and he was called in remember gentlemen the president was saying that from this moment we are talking in the presence of the duke of this gentleman he said pointing to julian is a young acolyte devoted to our sacred cause who by the aid of his marvellous memory will repeat quite easily our very slightest words it is your turn to speak monsieur he said pointing to the paternal-looking personage who wore three or four waistcoats julian thought it would have been more natural to have called him the gentleman in the waistcoats he took some paper and wrote a great deal at this juncture the author would have liked to put a page of dots that said his publisher would be clumsy as in the case of so light a work clumsiness is death politics replied the author is a stone tied round the neck of literature which submerges it in less than six months politics in the midst of imaginative matter is like a pistol shot in the middle of a concert the noise is racking without being energetic it does not harmonize with the sound of any instrument these politics will give mortal offence to one half of the readers and will bore the other half who will have already read the ideas in question as set out in the morning paper in its own drastic manner if your characters don't talk politics replied the publisher they cease to be frenchmen of eighteen hundred and thirty and your book is no longer a mirror as you claim julian's record ran to twenty-six pages here is a very diluted extract for it has been necessary to adopt the invariable practice of suppressing those ludicrous passages whose violence would have seemed either offensive or intolerable see the gazette des tribunaux the man with the waistcoats and the paternal expression he was perhaps a bishop often smiled and then his eyes which were surrounded with a floating forest of eyebrows assumed a singular brilliance and an unusually decided expression this personage whom they made speak first before the duke but what duke is it thought julian to himself with the apparent object of expounding various points of view and fulfilling the functions of an advocate general appeared to julian to fall into the uncertainty and lack of definiteness with which those officials are so often taxed during the course of the discussion the duke went so far as to reproach him on the score after several sentences of morality and indulgent philosophy the man in the waistcoats said noble england under the guiding hand of a great man the immortal pitt has spent forty milliards of francs in opposing the revolution if this meeting will allow me to treat so melancholy a subject with some frankness england fails to realize sufficiently that in dealing with a man like bonaparte especially when they have nothing to oppose him with except a bundle of good intentions there is nothing decisive except personal methods ah 
praising assassination again said the master of the house anxiously spare us your sentimental sermons cried the president angrily his boar-like eye shone with a savage brilliance go on he said to the man with the waistcoats the cheeks and the forehead of the president became purple noble england replied the advocate general is crushed to-day for each englishman before paying for his own bread is obliged to pay the interest on forty milliards of francs which were used against the jacobins she has no more pit she has the duke of wellington said a military personage looking very important please gentlemen please silence exclaimed the president if we are still going to dispute there was no point in having monsieur sorel in we know that monsieur has many ideas said the duke irritably looking at the interrupter who was an old napoleonic general julian saw that these words contained some personal and very offensive allusion everybody smiled the turncoat general appeared beside himself with rage there is no longer a pit gentlemen went on the speaker with all the despondency of a man who has given up all hope of bringing his listeners to reason if there were a new pit in england you could not dupe a nation twice over by the same means that's why a victorious general a bonaparte will be henceforward impossible in france exclaimed the military interrupter on this occasion neither the president nor the duke ventured to get angry though julian thought he read in their eyes that they would very much like to have done so they lowered their eyes and the duke contented himself with sighing in quite an audible manner but the speaker was put upon his mettle my audience is eager for me to finish he said vigorously completely discarding that smiling politeness and that balanced diction that julian thought had expressed his character so well it is eager for me to finish it is not grateful for me for the efforts i am making to offend nobody's ears however long they may be well gentlemen i will be brief i will tell you in quite common words england has not got a sou with which to help the good cause if pitt himself were to come back he would never succeed with all his genius in duping the small english landowners for they know that the short waterloo campaign alone cost them a milliard of francs as you like clear phrases continued the speaker becoming more and more animated i will say this to you help yourselves for england has not got a guinea left to help you with and when england does not pay austria russia and prussia who will only have courage but have no money cannot launch more than one or two campaigns against france one may hope that the young soldiers who will be recruited by the jacobins will be beaten in the first campaign and possibly in the second but even though i seem a revolutionary in your prejudiced eyes in the third campaign in the third campaign i say you will have the soldiers of seventeen hundred and ninety-four who were no longer the soldiers enlisted in seventeen hundred and ninety-two at this point interruption broke out simultaneously from three or four quarters monsieur said the president to julian go and make a precis in the next room of the beginning of the report which you have written out julian went out to his great regret 
the speaker was just dealing with the question of probabilities which formed the usual subject for his meditations they are frightened of my making fun of them he thought when he was called back monsieur de la mole was saying with a seriousness which seemed quite humorous to julien who knew him so well yes gentlemen one finds the phrase it is god table or tub especially applicable to this unhappy people it is god exclaims the writer of fables it is to you gentlemen that this noble and profound phrase seems to apply act on your own initiative and noble france will appear again almost such as our ancestors made her and as our own eyes have seen her before the death of louis the sixteenth england execrates disgraceful jacobinism as much as we do or at any rate her noble lords do without english gold austria and prussia would only be able to give battle two or three times would that be sufficient to ensure a successful occupation like the one which m de richelieu so foolishly failed to exploit in eighteen hundred and seventeen i do not think so at this point there was an interruption which was stifled by the hushes of the whole room it came again from the old imperial general who wanted the blue ribbon and wished to figure among the authors of the secret note i do not think so replied m de la mole after the uproar had subsided he laid stress on the eye with an insolence which charmed julien that's a pretty piece of acting he said to himself as he made his pen almost keep pace with the marquise's words Monsieur de la mole annihilated the twenty campaigns of the turncoat with a well-turned phrase it is not only on foreign powers continued the marquis in a more even tone on whom we shall be able to rely for a new military occupation all those young men who write inflammatory articles in the globe will provide you with three or four thousand young captains among whom you may find men with the genius but not the good intentions of a kleber a hoch a jourdan or a pichegru we do not know how to glorify him said the president he should have been immortalized finally it is necessary for france to have two parties went on m de la mole but two parties not merely in name but with clear-cut lines of cleavage let us realize what has got to be crushed on the one hand the journalists and the electors in a word public opinion youth and all that admire it while it is stupefying itself with the noise of its own vain words we have certain advantages of administrating the expenditure of the budget at this point there was another interruption as for you monsieur said monsieur de la mole to the interrupter with an admirable haughtiness and ease of manner you do not spend if the words choke you but you devour the forty thousand francs put down to you in the state budget and the eighty thousand which you receive from the civil list well monsieur since you force me to it i will be bold enough to take you for an example like your noble ancestors who followed saint louis to the crusade you ought to return for those hundred and twenty thousand francs to show us at any rate a regiment a company why what am i saying say half a company even if it only had fifty men ready to fight and devoted to the good cause to the point of risking their lives in its service 
you have nothing but lackeys who in the event of a rebellion would frighten you yourselves throne church nobility are liable to perish tomorrow gentlemen so long as you refrain from creating in each department a force of five hundred devoted men devoted i mean not only with all the french courage but with all the spanish constancy half of this force ought to be composed of our children our nephews of real gentlemen in fact each of them will have beside him not a little talkative bourgeois ready to hoist the tricolour cockade if eighteen hundred and fifteen turns up again but a good frank and simple peasant like Cathelineau. our gentleman will have educated him it will be his own foster brother if it is possible let each of us sacrifice the fifth of his income in order to form this little devoted force of five hundred men in each department then you will be able to reckon on a foreign occupation the foreign soldier will never penetrate even as far as dijon if he is not certain of finding five hundred friendly soldiers in each department the foreign kings will only listen to you when you are in a position to announce to them that you have twenty thousand gentlemen ready to take up arms in order to open to them the gates of france the service is troublesome you say gentlemen it is the only way of saving our lives there is war to the death between the liberty of the press and our existence as gentlemen become manufacturers become peasants or take up your guns be timid if you like but do not be stupid open your eyes form your battalions i would say to you in the words of the jacobin songs some noble gustavus adolphus will then be found who touched by the imminent peril of the monarchical principle will make a dash three hundred leagues from his own country and will do for you what gustavus did for the protestant princes do you want to go on talking without acting in fifty years time there will be only presidents or republics in europe and not one king and with these three letters r o i you will see the last of the priests and the gentlemen i can see nothing but candidates paying court to squalid majorities it is no use your saying that at the present time france has not a single accredited general who is universally known and loved that the army is only known and organized in the interests of the throne and the church and that it has been deprived of all its old troopers while each of the prussian and austrian regiments count fifty non-commissioned officers who have seen fire two hundred thousand young men of the middle classes are spoiling for war a truce to disagreeable truths said a grave personage in a pompous tone he was apparently a very high ecclesiastical dignitary for Monsieur de la Mole smiled pleasantly instead of getting angry, a circumstance which greatly impressed Julian. A truce to unpleasant truths, let us resume, gentlemen. The man who needs to have a gangrene leg cut off would be ill-advised to say to his surgeon, This disease is very healthy. If I may use the metaphor, gentlemen, the noble duke of is our surgeon so the great words have at last been uttered thought julian it is towards thee that i shall gallop to-night end of chapter fifty two read for you by chiquito crasto birmingham alabama